listening to the Mouthful of Graffiti podcast, affectionately known as The Mog, an open forum and promotional outlet for budding artists and creatives from all across the Mid-Atlantic region. I'm your host, Brad Cox, not necessarily affectionately known as anything other than Brad Cox, but I'm here all the same. Let's see who and what we're chewing on today on The Mog. Friends, East Coastians, and country men and women of all ages, welcome to the Mog. As always, links for our guests will be made available in the description, and a song or some type of promotional feature will be tacked on to the end of each episode. We'd like to thank all of our sponsors, Vagabond Sandwich Company, Capricost Books, Musicland, Black Eyed Susie's, Double Groove Brewing, Baltimore Decal Gal, and Reb Records. Remember to love local, support local, and to eat and drink local. Don't forget to use discount code Mog. Pod for a 10% discount at Capricost Books. Everyone knows you can't stop by Main Street Bel Air without grabbing one of Black Eyed Susie's legendary orange crushes and a killer lunch or dinner. Black Eyed Susie's has been supporting local for a long time. It's your one-stop spot for original and cover entertainment and an afternoon or evening out with friends on their rooftop deck. If you haven't heard, there's something very special about Double Groove Brewing. It's a melting pot of personalities, ages, loves, interests, and musical tastes. There are hippies, professionals, rockers, folk artists, friends and families here. Throw in the most delicious and satisfying craft beer on the planet and this place is complete magic. They are tireless supporters of the local talent. Stop by their location in Forest Hill for a pint and a night out with friends. First Fridays is back. The Bel Air Downtown Alliance is preparing for another exciting year of music and community in the downtown Bel Air area. This county favorite will run through October on the first Friday of every month. The Phoenix Festival Theater's Tarzan is coming to the Amos Center on June 17th, 18th, and 19th. For tickets, go to tickets.harford.edu. Harford Dance Theater is bringing the Kinetic Canvas back to the Chesapeake Theater on August 5th and 6th, highlighting the art of Andy Warhol through Inspired Dance. For tickets, visit harfordevents.com. The Rock Spring Financial Group brings the American dream to life with hard work, dedication, and pride. Rock Spring Financial Group offers full-service mortgage loan options to either assist with lowering your interest rate, consolidating debt, or buying a new home. They maintain a local reputation with honesty, competitive rates, and trustworthy loan officers. Call Rick Metzger today. He's local and actually has an office in Bel Air, Maryland. Tired of speaking to loan officers from an online outfit? Go with the local folks at Rock Spring Financial Group. Give them a call at 440 440- 3-801-6389. It's 443-801-6389. They have a five-star rating on Google. Stop by and find out why. Earlier this week, I reached out to a few of Brian Rumbly's close friends and peer musicians to put together a special guest episode in light of Brian's recent medical emergency. I would like to preface this by saying Brian is alive and well, but he could also use all of our support in navigating through this difficult and very uncertain time. The first guy to sign up is a guy I've been wanting to get on the show for some time, and he's here today to kick off this very special Mod Pod. Since he's also the first one to show up, we're going to dedicate a little extra of this episode to John Maurer, followed by a few live performances from some of Brian's Brian Rumbley's closest peers and friends. So Brian, this one's for you. I speak for all of us when I say that we can't wait to hear you slapping the bass in the near future. Godspeed, friend. John Maurer, welcome to the Mouthful of Graffiti podcast. How are you doing this fine evening? Very well, Brad. Thank you for having me. 
So for those that don't know, we just recorded this episode and did not hit record. <laughs> so we are doing this all over again. But uh, I recently, I just recently had uh, the Kelly Bell on the Mouthful Graffiti podcast. And he was telling me that you recently joined the Kelly Bell band. Yes, yes. Um, I, I was. Uh... So retell that story, if you would. <laughs> I told it so well the first time. You so, did. You really did. Um, I could probably shorten it this time. I could stand to. Um, now, yeah, Kelly, in uh, the, this past September uh, of 21, gave me a shout. And we were talking about a couple other things. And uh, and he ended up just kind of offhandedly asking uh, how busy I was with gig schedule and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, I told him that uh, uh, the gig schedule was pretty much non-existent at this point. So. Um, he asked if I'd be interested in coming and trying out for the band. Uh, he hadn't had a keyboard player in the band in about 10 years. He actually, he asked me 10 years ago if I, if I joined the band. Really? He time. never had a keyboard player? Well, for 10 <clears> he years. Did, well, for, for the last 10 years, wow. it's just been, um, two guitars. And then for the last five, I think he had a fantastic blues harmonica player named Dane Paul Russell, who was playing with him. Yeah. Um, Dane, Dane's moved on to start his own group, um, and move into like a little bit of a semi-retirement just to, to lessen his gig schedule a little bit. Uh, but yeah, um, he hadn't had one for the last 10 years or so. And then, uh, so yeah, learned, learned, learned a few of his songs, went to practice and, and played with them one night. And he said, uh, when can you start? So, and then my next time seeing those guys was at a gig. Now you were a little bit reluctant at first. Is that correct? Like, just was. not sure if you could actually fill well, the schedule. Exactly. The pandemic was something that was a blessing in disguise for me because it, at the time, I think I was getting a little burned out on on uh God. on, on, I think we on all the trio were. gigs yeah. and stuff like that um as much as i love playing in the trio the gigs down at the beach were getting kind of repetitive and um you know something something that we've always prided ourselves in in the trio is the fact that we never play the same song the same way twice you know they were like every every time it might not be great but we're going to change it up just to keep it fresh for ourselves. You, know? you mean like uh, like different parts in the song? Or- it could be that. Yeah. It could be I might start a song in a completely different style, like, you know, okay. and, and, and see where it goes. This might work. It might not. You know, right. play this song as a reggae, play that song as a blues, whatever it may be. Um, obviously, keeping the Mr. Rumbly on his toes. Obviously, yes. yes. Well, I mean, it, I mean. I think for the most part, Rumley is usually keeping everyone else on their toes. I mean, it's he's versatile. Like, he I is mean. an excellent player. And I, I was just talking to one of the guys in in, uh, in the Kelly Bell band about it the other day. Just there's something about the trio, like knowing like we could go without playing for years and not practice, go to a gig and it'll feel like we did, you know, it, it's just fresh as could be. You know, the stops are going to be like that. I know that with Todd and, and, and yeah. Brian, it's just it's locked in. They're talented guys, and a lot of people would know you from John Maurer Trio. They would know you from prior to that, Custom Blend. Were there any groups prior to that? Uh, high school high school bands and stuff like that. Um, pretty serious one. And, and when I was going in school at Folsom, um, I was in a band with with my older brother was actually on the drums, uh, Shattered Son, um, back in the day. I remember that band name. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then um, we had a very short-lived band uh, named fun, funny enough, because because we, we were all from Falston, uh, called Barrel House for um, for probably like so. Two did you years trademark and- it? Because there is a Barrel House. There could be money to be made. <laughs> there could be. <laughs> I, I wonder if they were uh, if they were former fans or it could uh, be you know continuing fans. Who yeah. knows? Then- uh, yeah, but I mean, a lot of, a lot of cool songs came out of that. A lot of songs that that I I 
you know, pulled from those eras in, into, into current times and kind of uh, rearranged it at times and, and, uh, and re-recorded. So, so you're, you're doing the Kelly Bell Band now, which has got to be incredibly uh, validating. You're an incredibly talented player, but that has to be really cool. Oh, it's, yeah, it's an honor. I mean, I, I tell Kelly all the time, just like the honor that it is to be in that band. Um, you know, the, everybody in the band is is spectacular. They're they're all great people, great musicians. Um, you know, it's 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 something to be a part. of. I remember being uh, in high school when I first heard of the Kelly Bell Band. Is that about? I I yeah, heard of them. I didn't see them. Um, you know, funny enough, and I and I've told told Kelly this story before too. Um, the way I remember it, at least, is okay. Custom Blend was born out of seeing the 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 Kelly Bell Band play at Falson Station. Nick and I actually were were at Falson Station, saw uh, Kelly Bell Band playing, and at the time, you know, this is post Shattered Sun and, and Barrel House. Uh, I think at the day, yeah, Nick and I were playing in a in a reggae band at the time together. Okay. Nick um, Selvey. Yeah. Nick Selvey. Um, was a sax player, um, in, in custom blend, uh, and in barrel house and, and in the, the reggae band. And, um, uh, Kelly actually went, went on to steal him from custom blend. And he was a member of the Kelly bell band for many years. Um, he's on, on a few of their albums. The, 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 he did all the, the horn arrangements on a couple of their albums. And really? Yeah. It's yeah. He's an stuff. incredibly talented yeah. individual. He was. Yeah, man. Do you learn songs pretty quickly? Like, how many songs are you going to have to learn to ramp up to do this Kelly Bell gig? I, I can learn it pretty quickly. I mean, I, I like some of the songs. Um, you know, when I mean, you're getting into the ones that are like, like, kind of just like blues, traditional type of songs. Um, that comes a little bit easier. I mean, when when you're just dealing with like one, four, five type of progressions and stuff yeah. like that. Um, other songs are far more complex. Uh, but I actually have just a. Uh, a book that I charted out a bunch of stuff, the songs that I thought I really needed to remember had this lick here, yeah. uh, this, this riff, uh, that's predominant in the song, um, stuff like that. But for the most part, I just have, uh, uh, one page that has about 50 songs on it, just the titles and the key that they're in. Um, and, and I've done go. it enough. Yeah. And I have a, a, a Spotify playlist of all those songs that I just sit a Bluetooth speaker up on my bar and I got my piano set up and I'll just put it on shuffle and just sit there and play along with it. Does he have a pretty rigorous schedule at this point? Because you're working your full-time job too, right? Yeah. No, we all do. Every Everybody in the band. I mean, Kelly's a Kelly's a, a licensed full-time uh, social worker uh, for Baltimore County right, Schools. Right, because he's got his master's from UM. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And you're, you're plumbing. He's got, he's got like four degrees. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a uh, union union steam fitter. Um, so I work for, uh, I work on, on Aberdeen Proving Ground here in Harford County. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's. Been, I mean, we practice practice every Wednesday night, and uh, um, which is great just to get get together with those guys. But you know, rehearsing rehearsing isn't something that I've been a part of in in a band setting like that for years. You know, yeah. so it's 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 refreshing. I mean, kind of getting back into this. But yeah, last last weekend we had uh, yeah Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, this this coming weekend we're down uh, down in Southern Maryland uh, Friday and Saturday. So. And and you love this. This is this is your passion. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this and that's one of the reasons why uh, my wife was uh, so adamant about me about me doing it. Whereas I I was I felt kind of questionable about whether it was the right direction or not. Even though I knew I would love to play with the Kelly Bell Band. I mean, the honor that it would be to do that. I was like, man. I mean, I got three kids. I mean, a full time job. Like all this stuff going on. And um, and my wife Emily just said, no. This like. This is 
what you need to do. Yeah. Like this is this is how you this is how you work through whatever's going on inside of you, and this is your outlet. So please, for my sake do this. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, the, the wives know I, I started this podcast based off of, well, COVID. Mm -hmm. But Lisa just knows she knows my personality. If I'm not active, I'm not doing something music or creative, uh, creatively oriented, I get very depressed. And absolutely. She's like, yeah. you, you're going to do a podcast until you can get the band up and running again yeah. or something. You know, so I, I totally get it. And I'm glad that she pushed you in that direction. Yeah. And I'm glad that she pushed you in that direction because I've been enjoying your podcast very much. Well, I appreciate <laughs> that, man. I walked into this completely blind and my my buddy gary he's really into podcasts like mm -hmm. he's a he's a rogan guy but he's like i almost think that it worked out better for you that you weren't a podcast guy because you had nothing to compare what you were doing to anything <laughs> else no, no preconceived notions about yeah. it yeah and uh, that's cool. one guy reached out to me. He's like, you sound like Jason Sudeikis doing Grand Theft Auto. I was like, no, I, you're, you're right. I sound like a guy that's <laughs> imitating what he thinks a DJ is supposed to sound like. But then, like, I, I'm just owning it. Like, that's that's me. That's what I sound like. Well, I think you I think you have to have that voice. I mean, even like Kelly, like with his radio show, like Kelly, Kelly has a different voice on the radio than he has in person. Yes. You know, I, you probably even tell that just from, I told from him being on the, on the podcast. I told him, him yeah. I was like, there is no way that I'm going to keep pace with your energy. Because he, when he gets in front of a mic, he's got boundless energy. Oh, it's, I tell you what, Brad, watching that guy work a crowd. For somebody who, I mean, you see me play. I don't talk a lot to the crowd. I don't. I mean, like for me. Like how I'm communicating with the crowd is through the playing, and 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 really, and Romney Todd can tell you, typically in in a night where we have three one hour sets, each one of those sets is starting and finishing with no stops. Like I'm going like like the next song's coming like right after the other one, not even, and then at the end of the set, it's like all right, we're gonna take a short break, back in a little bit. Thank you very much. The first time I saw you perform was at the Tower. You were tucked into the corner beneath uh, the Kino machine. And these are vivid details. That's why I can tell the story like back to back. <laughs> but I was sitting in the corner drinking a beer and you you were playing up and down the piano. You were singing, you were belting it out. Everything was just, it was amazing. I'd never seen something like that on the local scale. <laughs> and like literally, I, I was blown away. So I'm curious where all the talent came from like wh when did it start was it elementary school middle school right um uh, no it was uh at four years old my dad made both both of my brothers and i commit like he said well do you want to play piano and of course every four-year-old's oh yeah i want to yeah, I'm gonna right. play piano right yeah for great. about two weeks right which is typically how it happens with my kids right um but and um so he made us commit at four years old to, to the fact that we were going to take piano lessons, classical piano lessons, until we were 16 years of age. So Damn. And I was an Well, awful, that, that explains a lot. <laughs> awful classical piano player, Brad. I mean, just I like, do not, I don't, I don't believe that, but. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean serviceable at best, right? But yeah, there, I could tell that there was, there was something else wanting to come out. Now, and I, and I do appreciate all the theory, you know, that's, that's where a lot of any chops that I may have come from yeah. is is from a lot of those hand and exercises all that stuff um but yeah once once i turned 16 i quit taking well the last couple years i think my piano teachers were getting a little sick of me because all i wanted to play was like scott joplin i was trying to like push them into like the the blues jazz realm right. as, as best as i could and i was playing jazz um in the jazz in the jazz band at, at falston high school okay. as well um which is where Nick and I became uh, Nick Selby and I became really tight 
because um, he was in the jazz band of Falls. So connect well. me to Brian Rumbly and Todd then. So that ended up just being uh, like because they went to see Milton Wright, right? And uh, us being at Falston. So Todd, I I knew through um, Tony Durani, really. Okay. Um, yeah. So Tony um, kind of reached out to like the the Shattered Sun group and stuff like that, and we even had times where we like went over to Tony's house. And and we're doing like the Allman Brothers thing with like Tony playing drums and my brother playing drums. Like we had two drum sets going and, and doing the whole like Grateful Dead Allman Brothers thing and stuff like that. Um, I feel like I must have met you in a former life then. Probably. Yeah. Because yeah. we're all yeah. drinking I'm, and hanging out together. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they're, they're, from those days, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. And then um, got to know because because Todd was playing in uh, in Skip Hop. With with Tony at the time, um, and I believe that they ended up having um, a somewhat amicable split of him playing drums with Skip Hop. Okay, um, and so he was looking for something to do. We were acquaintances through the whole band scene, um, and I know that the guys in in Johnny, um, so John Williams and Tim Murphy, yeah play bass and, and guitar respectively with John Fortuna in, in yeah. the band Johnny, uh, they had just recently broken up as well. So it all just kind of, and I think Todd knew that they were looking for a gig. And then I, uh, here come this piano playing Robert Plant singing goofball and, and this crazy sax player, you know, let's put them with a couple of guys who were used to playing in drop D and, 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 and Todd and right. You know, the rest Custom is history. Custom Blend was born, yeah. So one of the interesting things I found recently uh, with the keyboard, like mm -hmm. the, the computer keyboard, is that my fingers, they know where the keys are. Mm. I do not. <laughs> I have no idea. It just, it just occurred to me, and is the piano uh, the same way? It is. <clears throat> I mean, and even more, I probably even easier than that. I mean, that is funny you mentioned that because my wife – you know, works from home and she's always on the computer and, and I will, I'll come in and then like talk to her and she's like, you know, just going however many words right. per minute, just like, and she'll look at me and talk to me while she's typing. Right. And just like you, that's probably gibberish. Right. And then I look and no, it's not. It's like, completely perfect. Right. I'm like, this is crazy. But it's it, like you said, I mean, it's it, the, the, the motor memory, like all this stuff, like it's the same way with the piano and, and, even easier, I would say, because you have the black keys as the uh, as your kind of guideposts. So, I mean, probably seventy five percent of the time, I'm, I'm playing with my with my eyes shut. Anyway, I just it just do you know, it just kind of happen. But right. yeah, you can just feel it. So influences. Who were some of the guys that you looked up to growing up? Maybe maybe not even just on the piano, but you know, just musicians well, in I'd general. Say majority of them aren't on the piano. For me, like I I, I loved guitar players. I mean, like. I mean, Zeppelin early on. Yeah. Uh, Clapton. I mean, I just absolutely love Clapton's voice, um, especially that era, like the, when, when, like the unplugged era and stuff like that. Um, you know, he's gone off, off the other, other end a, a little bit now, but, you know, still love the guy's music to death. Um, yeah. So for me, I, I always had a lot of uh, guitar player envy. I mean, it was something, and, and, you know, I taught myself how to play guitar, but I never really. When uh, did you start learning the guitar? I started teaching myself. I had a uh, probably I was like twelve or thirteen. I had one of those little easy Beatles books that had like you know twelve songs in it right. with giant giant music notes in it, and they had they always had the, like I found oh that little grid 
above each measure actually is showing me what notes to play on a guitar. And we had some dusty old classical guitar sitting in the, in the corner that nobody ever. So you can read music pretty well, though. House. What's that? You can read music pretty well. Oh yeah, yeah. Because of uh, all your training, you'd have with, to with the with the classical piano. You're right, and so, and and that's. For but me, you realize in, in doing that, the us guitar players are completely cheating because we have the chords written above the measures half the time. Yeah, well, it was another thing. I mean, he's like, man, these guys got it great. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> just like it's right there for him. G, oh, C, you can't read the music. Like, Here's numbers. Right, but and, and again, just but I mean that just speaks to the success of of the guitar as an instrument yeah. that you know wasn't always that way but once once the the blues and rock and roll started happening i mean it, it, you know the rest is history i mean when you can go to the store i i don't know if you've ever seen the the other instrument that i that i play the harpeggi that was actually invented oh, by a guy that. a guy in baltimore here right so in the trio it comes in handy because it's it's guitar strings i run it yeah. through pedals and you know wah pedal and distortion and stuff like this perfect for a piano player with guitar envy like we talked about right, before right. you know uh, so now i can do solos bend and slide and do all this stuff that i can't do on the piano um but it's it's think about the guitar i mean like at, at this point like the, the harpeggi is is a fantastic instrument but it's also a niche instrument because the the price point with it you know it's definitely oh. got it's it's got a higher price point whereas like with a guitar you walk into Guitar Center, walk out with a hundred and fifty dollar guitar, and teach yourself how to play guitar. Right? There's not many instruments that have that sort of accessibility, and then power chords. I mean, just the learnability of it too. You know, it's just a it's a spectacular instrument. And um, so again, most of my influences are guitar players. Um, you know, rock singers like stuff like that. I mean, I was a huge grunge nerd. I mean, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and and all these bands. It, not a piano to be be heard anywhere, you know. Uh, but that's one of the cool things about the trio. I feel like, at least Secrets thought was, hey, there's this band that comes in here and plays mostly guitar songs, but there's no guitar in the band. So I think there's a little bit yeah. of a novelty to it that 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 kind of fueled the longevity for, there. For lack of a better word or term, there's a piano bar vibe to it. Mm. And one of my favorite things to do when I go to Las Vegas is to go to piano bars. I right. love that. But do you right. get like asked to play like Piano Man and things that you just probably mm -hmm. like make your skin crawl? Like, oh my God, if I get Goodbye Yellow Brick Road one more time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I mean, I, I we've also always been – careful to pick songs that we enjoy like there's not a whole lot of songs that the trio has in their repertoire that we don't all enjoy playing you know but, but so, so you'll do like the rock songs but on the piano right, right. exactly and we do play piano but i am a billy joel fan i mean you know who yeah. isn't and, and elton john I mean like love playing benny and the jets i mean just like you know but making it our own you know all the falsetto parts i'm, I'm going full belt on them instead you know just like to try and like put our spin our edge on that stuff, you know. On top of the piano, though, you're also a fantastic vocalist. I appreciate that. Where did that come from? Was just kind of being around music, and was it kind of a natural thing that came out of you? Uh, I mean, we, you know, family vacations, and um, you know, we we had this, just a certain. Um, my mom had her little tape collection, so she would get she would get albums out of the library, and then she would tape the albums onto. On onto tapes and and just had her little cassette tape thing that we when we went on vacation in the family truckster they know we had the same twenty tapes that we'd listen to over and over and half the time maybe it was a a Star Wars or Indiana Jones soundtrack right. but you know some of these we ended up you know we got the the Beatles sixty sixty two to sixty six you know with just has like hit after hit after hit on it 
uh, Billy Joel's Innocent Man was another one with, you know, Longest Time and like stuff like that. So my brothers and I would sit in the back of the van and, and we'd, we'd all pick out the harmonies in, in these songs and, oh, you're singing this part. No, that's my part. We're singing, you're singing this, I'm singing that. You know, we're going on eight hour car rides. My dad won't fly anywhere. Still won't. My brother lives in Charleston, South my Carolina. My dad won't either. And Terrified of it. He'll, no, he loves flying. He just... <laughs> it's just too expensive. So <laughs> fair enough. Okay. Right. So well, especially I mean, now. Right. Oh yeah. 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 You said you wanted to talk about politics and religion, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> by by accident, we're just going to stumble into it. But uh, yeah. this episode is obviously geared towards Brian Rumbly, and we would typically have like a fun section uh, or fun question section of the Mog. But I want a fun story about Brian Rumbly because we all have one. It's impossible. Brian is just such a fun character. Oh, so I'll, I'll give you a chance to think about it, and we can then edit this back together. But well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'm going to tell you a story real quick. All right. I don't know if you know this, but Brian Rumbly, Ray Bruno, and myself were in our first band together in high school. Okay. And I remember going to the studio one time, and I'm laying vocals. Now, if you knew Brian Rumbly and Ray Bruno's dynamic, they were always – they were like Ren and Stimpy or Tom and Jerry. They were always, like, messing with each other. Or like Todd and Rumbly. Yeah, and and, (laughs) – right, right. Well, it sounds like Rumbly and anybody, really. Yeah. But I I remember at one point I was laying vocals to a song, and I'm nervous. I'm in the studio, and we look out the window because we hear them, like, yelling at each other, and and Ray is chasing Brian around the house with a broom. It it was funnier then probably than it is uh, to tell the story here, but um, it's just (laughs) – there's always a story with Brian. I actually have a similar one where, where we were, the trio was playing at the tower one night. And I don't know what happened during the loadout, but why of these stories are all about Brian fighting with his bandmates. But, <laughs> um, but sure enough, you know, I was loading my keyboard into my car and I turn around and, and Todd and Rumley are just rolling around in the parking lot on the side of the tower behind Todd's car for I don't even know what the reason was now what what they were fighting about but they were like rolling down the parking lot actually fighting or were <laughs> no, they just actually, playing no they were fighting they were mad at each about other about something right okay lord knows I'm what. sure alcohol fueled that to some degree yes yes this was this was pre Brian uh quitting drinking yes it might have had something to do with the fact I think the weekend before that we were playing at secrets Todd had gotten the biggest bag you've ever seen of garden salsa sun chips okay um that this, he was really, like he Brian, was really looking yeah. forward to eating. And after the gig, Todd had gone to hang out with some other people real quick. And Todd and Brian and I were hanging out back at the at the the, the wonderful band suites that Secret supplied yes, for us. The, the little townhouse was on the right hand uh-huh, side. Yeah. Oh yeah. No longer there. The, oh my god. Well, we, it's the yeah. distillery down there now. But yeah, we were sitting there watching watching TV, and you know, may have been somewhat chemically altered, and and proceeded to eat the entire bag of Garden Salsa Sunship before Todd ever came back. So he might have been a little sore about Those that. Those were mine! Yeah. I, I can see it now. So we talked about some of your other bands. Uh, Custom Blend, you can find on Spotify. There's two records that I could find. The Goat. Mm-hmm. There's The Goat and... and smoke. And Smoke. Yeah, so it's Custom with a K. That's right. That's what Johnny Williams always used to say when, when we were playing, and we didn't have a banner up behind us as... Custom blend with a K. And I know you have the new record from the John Mauer Trio. Mm-hmm. Facetious prosthesis. Okay. <laughs> so that's actually I, a song lyric. It's, uh, it's, it's from one of the songs on the album. So, 
But anyway, that's also on Spotify. Mm -hmm. And you're going to to perform a song off of that particular record today for Brian Rumbley. Is that correct? Yeah, song that that Brian actually wrote the uh, the music for for this album. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so it's a uh, it, it's a great tune. Do you, he, do you know what the song's about? Well, he wrote the music for it. Right. I, I wrote the the lyrics. So he he brought this song in. He had okay. he had okay. this verse in the chorus, um, and that ended up being all all we really needed for that song because we kind of. We went through like a double verse, a chorus, a verse, chorus, and then we just jammed out for the last like three minutes of the song. And there's a harpeggi solo on there at the end of it. Um, it ended up turning up pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, at the time he he brought it in. Man, I was, what was I listening? I was listening to a bunch of that uh, that last David Bowie album. Uh, uh, Black Star? Black Star, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was doing something on one thing. I can't remember which tune it was on there now, but he was doing this this kind of octave thing where he was just like the, the melody in the verse was just like him bouncing back and forth between, uh, between this octave. And I was kind of inspired by that at the time and, and, and kind of stole that, um, from David Bowie and, and, and put it into this. Song. Is it so, like a, going into like a falsetto or, um, <clears throat> I mean, it, it may be in this, in this situation, typically no. Um, I, I'd be, I'd be going full at it, but, um, no, it's just kind of like a like a like a E uh, high E down to down to the E above middle C. So, what is it like being in the studio for those that don't know with Brian Rumbly? With Brian, <laughs> you um, know I'm asking that he's very hard to tame. Yes, <laughs> yes, he is. But that that spontaneity, yeah. Well, I mean that's that's the trio in a nutshell, though, and I yeah. think that's what what's always made it so fun for us, and probably. Um, infuriating for for other people to play with us is is that it is it's the three of us just overplaying and having a, a hell of a lot of fun doing it. Um, Dude, I love it. The, the joy and passion <clears throat> that Brian brings to to music is worth him. Brian, stop playing. Brian, stop right. playing. You know, and it and it look and, and it might not work in a band that has two guitar players and all this other stuff going on. But when it, when the when the instrumentation is as limited as it is in the trio. It just works because we're all doing it. Todd's playing too much. I'm playing too much. Right. Brian's playing too much. I'm singing too much. It's just like, you know, Brian is. Brian's putting harmonies on stuff he shouldn't be putting harmonies on. You know, he knows that. I had Todd Boyle and Brian Rumbley to the studio to record a Veteran Avenue track about two years ago. Nice. And at one point I went outside to call Lisa to let her know, like, what's going on, like, when I'm going to be home, that kind of thing. And when I came back in, Brian's tracking his bass. Tony's like, well, um, that guitar solo is now a bass solo. Brian's already put a solo there for you. You right. can just forget about it. <clears throat> right. But you know, that, that's Brian, man, in a nutshell. And, right. and I right. almost kept it just because getting those guys in the room was about the experience. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that was a lot of fun. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> so. Guitar solo is now a bass solo. All right. So the name of the track? Uh, two in one. Confessions are sure 
will see Everything we means to me It's so impressive just how expressive and open and honest and Awesome, John. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right. So that was John Maurer of the John Maurer Trio and Kelly Bell Band. Uh, up next, we've got Jamie Bishop of the Jamie Bishop. Jamie, <laughs> well, <laughs> Jamie, welcome back to the Mouthful Graffiti Podcast. I can assure you there'll be no bird noises or potential HR hazards here. <laughs> I was hoping. <laughs> 
Well, we talked a lot about that in the in the previous episode, but you've been a busy man lately. So uh, what do you got coming up and what have you been doing? Um, yeah, thankfully I've been busy. Um, Friday, this Friday, I've got uh, Falling Branch from 5 to 9. And then Saturday night, I'm playing uh, at Uncle's with my buddy JP, John Paulson uh, from Damn Dirty Lush. And uh, yeah, we're there from 7 to 10. Is that Uncle's. is that the name, Damn Dirty Lush? That's the name of the band he's in. Okay, so he should be playing Falling Branch for sure. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I would have a hard time playing a gig at Falling Branch and not, maybe after the first set, like, uh-oh, it's going south quickly here. From the beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you have to pace yourself. Or, have you, have or you ever train. had a gig where you've actually started, like, kind of crossing the line by almost by accident, and you're like, oh, God, I got to reel myself in? Every brewery gig is pretty <laughs> much that way. Because people are buying them for you, I'm sure. They're buying them, and, and especially if it's hot, you know, or you're singing, so you're thirsty. No, actually, I do one per set. That's kind of my rule to keep myself together. So and and you got me busier during the summer months with the breweries and all the outdoor uh, events. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That, that opens up a lot more opportunity um, during our probably from May to September, somewhere through there. So you've been doing this a long time. Are there new bands that you're kind of being forced to be turned on to? I think you even mentioned at one point that you were learning emo songs, but kind of doing like your spin on it just because you know that's becoming relevant. Yeah. So there's a, uh, there's a well, there's a ton of music that some of it I really like. And uh, most artists, I can find at least one or two songs from them that I'm going to like, regardless of what genre it is. Playing a lot of Tyler Childers right now. And that seems to be like Americana. Folk, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Almost country. Um, I like him a lot, uh, so that makes it easier. Glorious Sons, The Revivalists. I'm playing The Revivalists. Um, did you ever get into The Glorious Sons? I don't think I did. You would absolutely love the band. I'm it, sure I've heard something from them, but I can't place what it is. They're one of those bands where their hits kind of suck, but their real songs or their other songs are much better. It's their good stuff. Yeah. yeah. We're obviously here to do a dedication. Not a dedication in the sense that Brian's dying, but uh, kind of a... Uh, something to lift Brian Rumbley's spirits here. And you've played with Brian in the past. I have, yeah. We we have not played together recently, um, but we've played together quite a few times over the last seven years. Yeah. And had a lot of fun. Um, he's a you know, phenomenal player. And, he's a firecracker. Oh, yeah. A lot of personality. A lot of he's got a lot lot on his a lot on his mind and uh, a lot happening. <laughs> a lot on his but Brian. <laughs> a lot on his Brian. Now he's a he's a phenomenal musician and uh, you know fun guy to hang out with and and play music with. So and, and yeah. you give him a hard time. You keep him on his toes. You you're always changing up the key of the songs. I do. I'm not that great of a singer, so I'm I'm somewhere in the natural key that would, you are actually I would say. developing into a excellent singer. Well, it's uh it's, it's coming along. I'm figuring out how to do it. So. But I do change the keys on some stuff, and that drives Brian nuts because uh, he's got certain bass lines already worked out. He yeah. knows them inside and out, and all of a sudden he's playing it you know, four steps different than. than do you ever just do something was. to mess with him? Like he's he's already familiar with a particular way that you do a song. You're like, you know what? We're gonna put it up uh, an extra fret tonight. I usually just wait. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll say what we're gonna do, and he immediately knows it and starts, uh, you know, kind of working his way through it real quick before we start. And then I'll say, and, and by the way, we're going to do it in B flat instead of D. Uh, and then he you know, throws his hands up and, and, and takes laughs. a deep breath and, and he laughs and he's like, oh, and 15 seconds later, he's got the, the entire song transposed and, you know, kills it. Yeah. It's really so, not a problem. So it's impressive to watch and a little bit frustrating to him, which is funny. Do you happen to have any good Brian Rumbly stories that he would hear you telling back and be like, oh. Son of a, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, maybe 
the only one that comes to mind and and uh i wish i could think of something else that besides this but if you know rumbly then you know this is true i was watching him this wasn't a gig that we were playing together but i was watching him play with uh pat sesco and i think andrew Lozier that night uh and they were at Bolin's, which is not far from rumbly's house and so on his break he ran home and he had already eaten dinner uh earlier in the night i think he came in and like did what rumbly does and he orders a, a burger and then kind of eats it throughout the gig but houses as much as he can early right before it well whenever that break hit i think he had some business to take care of so he ran <laughs> home they get ready to go back on stage he very, very he good way of putting back. it right but he uh and then his arrival was, you know, that much more exciting. Well, I mean, I don't know if you listened to the episode with Brian Rumbly, but uh, this is karmic penance for what he did to the senior Wakers <laughs> of 1996. He basically, well, he he said he offloaded a bunch of meat from the McDonald's in Rock Spring. Maybe it was in Rock Spring. I think maybe it was Churchville. And he took all, all these patties to the beach and he cooked them up for all of his friends. And everybody who ate the patties got sick. That's awesome. Yeah. So this, in, in my opinion, uh, whatever he experienced is a direct result of this this incident. <laughs> I, I can't elaborate on that at all. So you're going to play him a song. Uh, what song are you going to play for him? I was going to play uh, I Want a New Drug into um, Too Much because Brian likes that song when we play it together. It's got the same bass line as Ghostbusters uh, or very similar. So he throws that in and, and gets a kick out of it. It's always good. And you'll see it, just a couple people will recognize it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the same. Um, but if we're just doing one song, I think I'm just going to pl- I'm going to play Ants Marching. Are you going to do Ants Marching? Yep, from Dave Matthews. Okay. Li- Brian likes that band, and I like that band. You're a huge so, fan. So uh, we, we always have those in common. And- Being that Dave Matthews is one of your favorite bands, are there different phases? Do you go through phases where you're like, you know what? I don't even like that song anymore. And uh, then, now this is like my favorite song. Yeah, I think album to album, I'll revisit yeah. them throughout, you know, but probably similar to... Faith what, No More or whatever. What you do with Faith yeah. No More, what we all do with the Beatles or with right. uh, the Rolling Stones. And it's like you forget how good maybe this one particular album was that wasn't the one album. Yeah. Well, due to copyright reasons, I cannot put this particular version I- into the episode. But where can people find it when, when it's recorded? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, people can find it on my YouTube channel, which is Jamie on Acoustic. It's J-A-M-I-E okay. on Acoustic. Okay, great. Yep. And anything you want to tell Brian to kind of lift his spirits a little bit? Yeah, Brian, get well. We're uh, we're all pulling for you and thinking of you and uh, keep putting the updates out there. Yeah. I love seeing the good news coming through. I love seeing the – he's starting to get like uh, like salty again. He's pissy. Right. Like the doctors aren't paying attention to what the hell's going on. Like yeah. he's getting his, his fingers back, you know, his legs and his arms coming back in the next week probably. Right. And Something. now he's like, I want you to figure out why this is happening to me now. Yes. So it's he, good to see that that uh, that fire's coming back. Yeah, the mindset and the, and the rumbly. Uh, it had to be terrifying. Oh, I can't imagine. I, I don't know the story. Like, was he awake when it happened, or did he wake up? Even worse would be if you woke up like that. Like, yeah, I don't. What happened? I really don't know what happened. Yeah, I messaged him and uh, to find out if he was home or in the hospital or what was going on. Yeah, and if he needed anything. Uh, but I didn't ask a lot of questions. I figured he was probably getting bombarded and. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure he's going to update us as he finds out. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing Ants Marching by Jamie Bishop. Jamie, thank you for coming on to the show and uh, stick around. We got Wes Cohen come out. Cool. Thanks for having me. 
Wes Cohen, welcome to the Mouthful of Graffiti Podcast. How you doing, man? Doing great. How are you, Brad? I'm doing good. I'd like to get you on for a full episode at some point, uh, but we're here for Brian Rumbly. But you've been doing the, the cover circuit for a long time. How long has it been? Well, I've been playing gigs out for a good 20 years, so I probably started when I was around 35, but I've been playing since I was 15. It just took me a while to get to where I could actually carry a show in a bar, but um, I've been there for a while. You got any favorite places that you like to play at this point? I know you play loonies. You've been playing Bolins. You recently just played with Keith Lee of Sugar Jack down at Humagalas. Well, I've been doing the breweries, Moose Lodges, the Beller Moose Lodge, places like that. Been a little better for me than, say, the Tower or Sean Bolins, where it's a little more under a microscope. So kind of enjoyed doing the uh, latest scene where it's not much pressure and the people are pretty receptive. Now, Jamie, who was just on the show, he tells me that one of your bigger influences is Bob Dylan. But who else? Well, I do. I normally go from one band to the next. So I do a lot of Bob Dylan. I do a lot of Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen, Beatles, Jim Croce, James Taylor, Jackson Brown, the usual suspects. Gotcha. Gotcha. And. Recently on Facebook, you you referred to Brian Rumbly as as a brother of yours. Now, you guys have played together before. Where did you guys meet, and, and where did all that connection come from? I met Brian Rumbly back at the Tower almost 20 years ago when Dan oh Deckman was playing there every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of a scene. That's like going back to like the Uncle George's days. Just past that, yeah. So Brian was big into that scene with his band Moon. And uh, he would sit in with Dan and Matt Kinnicky a lot. So that's when I first met Brian. And then um, he worked for us at uh, Hillside Lawn Service for about a year. And that's where I really got to know him a lot better and riding in the truck with him and that kind of thing. He uh, just kind of I felt comfortable with him like he was a brother. Yeah, um, he's got that vibe for sure. Just past that. Yeah. So Brian was big into that scene. Well, we're here because uh, we're all brothers in music. And any special message you want to send out to Brian? Brian, hang in there. I don't know a lot about strokes, but I know you'll get better. You've got the will to move forward and get your movement back and your sensations back. Get that bass back in your hands. And uh, we're just all pulling for you here, buddy. Absolutely. And what are you going to play for Brian today? I'm going to do an original song. It's called Talk to Me. It's a song about how talk therapy can be very helpful when you're in a a bad way. And it can apply to any circumstance, mental health, physical health, loss of a loved one, or just if you're depressed, you know, talking to people really helps. Well, Wes, I appreciate you coming over here and doing this today. Uh, Go ahead and take it away. Bye. 
That was awesome, man. Thank you for doing this. Thanks, Brad. Brian, we'll be seeing you out there soon. Rumbly, Jules Reiser here. I heard about what happened, and I see your fight, and I know you well enough to know you're going to conquer this thing, man. I'm thinking about you, and I can't wait to hear your bass lines again soon. Keep fighting. Hey, Brian. It's Gary Holmes, drummer of Schizo Calypso. I want to wish you a speedy recovery, my friend. Uh, your episode of The Mog was one of my favorites. It was very inspirational, all that you went through. Uh, and let me tell you, you're going to do it again, and you're going to be better and stronger when you come back. Uh, you'll be playing the bass before you know it, brother. Stay strong. Hey, Brian. Josiah here. Just wanted to uh, say I was thinking about you and uh, love you, man. And um, I'm glad you're ultimately okay. You'll get through this and uh, come out destroying again on bass like you always have. This uh, song is for you.
from Key West, Tony Baltimore. Happy today, anything 
Hey, Brian, Tony from Deep End Studio. Heard about what happened. I know you got a fight ahead of you, and I know you're going for it. We are all pulling for you and wishing you the best. So hang in there, man. Hey, Brian, this is Mr. S. Sorry to hear about your misfortune with your health, but uh, it's good to keep a good man down. Now, I have a nice feeling about speedy recovery for you, 101%. You wait and see. Hey, Brian, this is Jeremy Parks. Just want to let you know I'm thinking about you. I hope you have a quick recovery. Seems like you're kicking this thing's ass and being strong. Good luck to your brother.